Welcome to the Psychotherapy Central podcast where we discuss love, attachment and healing from trauma. A place where you can gain the knowledge, tools and wisdom to help you build secure, flourishing relationships. I'm your host, clinical psychotherapist and couples therapist, Jennifer Newrick. Hello, wherever you are in the world, and welcome to episode 25, Nine Tips for Dating When You Are Avoidantly Attached. I hope you're well. Let's jump into this. So in this episode, I'm going to be speaking mostly to those of you who feel that you are avoidantly attached. And I'll be sharing four things that make it difficult for the avoidantly attached and as well as the nine top tips I mentioned before. So many of you listening to this will know that I've done a lot of research with the avoidantly attached because I married one. Um, we've been together for 24 years now. You're probably thinking she doesn't look that old, but we, we've been married for 18, but together for 24. Um, I've learned a lot along the way, which led me to write a book called Heal Your Anxious Attachments. So although I've focused on working with the anxious star, because that was where I had my roots, I've also learned a lot, a lot, a lot about the avoidance style. And it's one of my favorite topics. Um, I found putting that lens on my relationship gave me a lot of insight. And so I hope that it does you too. I found it to be a total game changer, um, especially how it plays out in the adult relationships. When you know your own attachment style, it's one thing, but I found when I learned my partner's attachment style and got to really understand that, I could see him through a really different lens. And when, when you're aware of that, it's then possible to start to do a different dance together. And I talk about that quite a bit in my book, Heal Your Anxious Attachment. So if you haven't got that, check it out. Four factors that make dating, dating dating difficult for the avoidantly attached. So what, what makes it difficult? First up, nervous system. When we have the avoidant adaptation, your nervous system goes into something called dorsal vagal shutdown when it senses danger. Now, when I say sense danger, I don't, uh, you would think like a lion chasing you, but actually nowadays we have a lot of things that can fire off danger signals. It could be um, an overdue gas bill. It could be um, your partner getting really angry at you. So the, often then we'll go into this thing called dorsal vagal shutdown where it's difficult to feel anything. You might feel numb. You can't think properly. It's difficult to kind of mobilize any energy at all. And it can be very frustrating for you and for your partner, especially when your partner's asking, well, what's happening? Well, where have you gone? Where are you? And it seems like you've checked out and it's because um, your nervous system has gone into that space and in parts language, kind of a part has come in that's kind of numbed out, um, that was probably learned to do that from being a child maybe sometimes. They've learned to kind of numb out and create distance in order to preserve myself and my energy. Something else that makes it very difficult in, in dating is the need for independence and distance. So by its nature, when we have the avoidance style, we like more relational distance. We like um, our feeling of independence. Often we 
pride, you'll pride yourself on it. Um, not needing connection, not needing other people. And that's because historically you haven't really been able to rely on them. And the problem is, is that when you go off to your island, you kind of push people away. And that inadvertently recreates the level of intimacy you had in your childhood. So even though you might think, I don't want that, it's actually what kind of gets recreated. Number three is a difficulty with vulnerability and trust. And so you create that, that greater distance because deep down you're scared of being rejected. And so it's vulnerable. It's hard to trust. And some of you I know will be listening to this going, no, I'm not afraid of being rejected. Can I suggest that there could be parts of you that are scared of being rejected? It might not be fully conscious in the kind of frontal brain area. It could be more subconscious, but I'll just suggest that there could be parts that will find trusting difficult. And when that happens, though, to maintain the relational distance, those parts that are afraid of the intimacy might get you very involved in a sport. You might become really fabulous at the sport or very successful in your career and spend lots and lots of hours in it in order to avoid intimacy, essentially. And then you might find your partner clingy and criticize your partner. And you might hear a lot of things like, you don't talk enough, you're, you're too distant, I don't know where you are, that kind of stuff. So difficulty with vulnerability and trust. Number four, difficulty with emotional connection within self and also interpersonally. So finding emotions uncomfortable, um, more often I find with the avoidance, it's more like a blank. I, I, I don't know, I've just gone completely blank. And that can be a very, actually a protective part that really blocks you from feeling um, anything. Um, so when that feeling of overwhelm comes, straight away it's shut down by this blocking part. I see that quite a lot in therapy. That there's kind of a flash of emotion and then it's just gone. Um, and there's just this blank and that can be very frustrating for your partner, whether they're anxious or secure or disorganized, whatever style, it can be quite frustrating because suddenly the connection's gone and where have you gone? Yeah. And also frustrating for you because I don't know where I've gone. I don't want to do that. I don't know why I do it. Right. So research shows that avoidant um, people get just as activated in conflict as anxious people. Yeah, so it's actually not true that you're not feeling anything that you've kind of just vanished. Actually, biologically, you're very activated. So Jen, I know what my problems are. What do I do about them? So let's jump into the top nine tips for dating. Number one, learn self-regulation. When your nervous system senses danger, it will go into that dorsal vagal shutdown that I described before. You need to learn how to regulate um, a great way to do that is with a therapist, and, but essentially it's small movements as a way to start to get your energy back into the system, kind of looking around, noticing cues of safety can also be helpful. Yeah, I might even let those younger parts know that, that, that you're not in trouble, that you're not being rejected, that you're safe. And that's something else that we do in therapy. If you're interested in that, that's called internal family systems. It's something that I specialize in, um, as do many others. Number two, learning to identify and communicate your feelings. 
which can feel really overwhelming and scary when you have learnt that your feelings are rejected, punished, met with disdain, um, men don't cry. Whatever has happened, some parts of you have learnt very well and very adaptively that feelings are dangerous and I don't know what to do with them and they are overwhelming and I just can't have them. If that's you, there are some tools that you can use. One is the feeling wheel. It's a Gottman tool. Just look it up online, you'll find it and start to kind of identify what exactly is the flavor of, the, of what's going on for me. Just starts to help break it down. The other thing I like to recommend is to practice telling your partner what's happening inside of you even if it's nothing. So it might sound like, Jen, I've gone completely blank. Like I felt this kind of panic because I could feel you getting angry and now I feel, I can't feel anything. Then at least your partner knows what's going on. Yeah, there's a level of intimacy and vulnerability with that. Yeah. Number three, resisting the urge to pull away when your partner, especially when your partner expresses anger. So suppose you feel yourself shutting down, you're not feeling anything, you, feel, you just actually just wanna get out of there, you wanna withdraw. Letting your partner know that you're shutting down, that you're struggling to stay connected and allowing for a little bit of discomfort. So just in sharing that with your partner, there's, there could be a bit of discomfort in that. When we're creating change, we're looking for tolerable steps. Yep, this is the zone where we make change. Tolerable steps forward. So it, when every part of your body is going, leave, 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 just staying and letting your partner know what's happening inside, that's, that could be your tolerable step forward. You might be able to do more, you might be able to do less. Just feel into where it is for you. Number four, being mindful of creating excuses to end relationships and resisting the urge to criticize your partner. And this can be very subtle. It can be used as a way to maintain that distance. If you're with someone who wants to be close, but you want to get a, a bit further back relationally, you might start to criticize them, make little comments, just kind of keep them back. Now, especially if you've seen a pattern of, let's say, Jen, I've had six relationships in six years. All of them last for six months, all the sixes. And I can't seem to date for longer than six months. I always get really curious about that. Yep. Can you challenge yourself to have a relationship that lasts longer and to break the pattern? Again, great time to see a therapist when you're aware of a pattern like that. Number five, try your best to connect emotionally through empathic listening rather than getting logical and problem solving. When we get logical and problem solve, it creates that distance again. When we're doing empathic listening, we're imagining what the other person's experience is. We're not dismissing or minimizing. We're getting really curious. Even if you don't agree or understand, we're getting curious. What was that like? What did you do? How did that feel? What did you need? Yep, those kinds of questions. You're sort of seeking to understand and, and be with the person that you love to kind of hold their hand through this thing that they're trying to share with you. 
Number six, during space, allow your, uh, during conflict, <laughs> allow yourself, guess what? Space. So during conflict, allow yourself space. Allow yourself space to process what's happening, to take a break if you need to, and to challenge yourself to come back after you've had that space. Yep, to finish the discussion, to prevent more avoidance. So knowing that, especially if you're dating someone with the anxious style, their tendency will be to want to repair the relationship immediately and to keep going, 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 going until the relationship is repaired. What is actually better for both of you, even though you might not want to do this, is to take some time, regulate whatever you need to both do to come to regulate your own nervous systems and then come back together. Number seven tip, look out for cues of safety in the relationship as a way to build trust. Yep. So just noticing the consistency, noticing the things that are feeling good. Yeah, and, and helping all the younger parts of you and just different parts of our psyche that might be really afraid of trust, looking for the trust cues. And again, only if they're genuinely present. Don't be doing that if they're not present. Number eight, be as honest as you can be. Just be honest. Most of your partners will really appreciate your honesty. Even if it's not exactly what they want to hear, the honesty is such a gift. Number nine, and it is the big one that I recommend to most people who are in this situation, go to therapy, work with a therapist, work with somebody who's trained in attachment injuries, who's, a tra who's trained in trauma. Um, I have a selection of people through Psychotherapy Central that will be trained by me, vetted by me, jump on and see if someone resonates with you. Sometimes I have availability, go on and check it out and see. So I recommend um, looking for someone who's trained in internal family systems. Um, yeah, my website is psychotherapycentral.health. So avoidantly attached people are some of my favorite people to work with in therapy. And when there is a safe enough space relationally, whether it's in therapy or in our intimate relationship, there is this amazing defrosting and reconnection process that is totally magical to witness. And I find that actually a lot of avoidant people can, given the right space, tap into real vulnerability, deep vulnerability. And so underneath that distance, they are soft and human. Sometimes it takes a professional space to be able to touch that and then bring that into the couple relationship. Also know that your attachment style can change over time. Research shows this. Working with a therapist whose attachment and trauma informed will absolutely help. Being in relationship with somebody who's more secure in, in that sort of scale, anxious, secure, avoidant, being with someone more secure will also help. So I hope what I've shared today has been valuable. If it has, I would deeply appreciate a like, a subscribe, a share, um, write a comment, write a review. Show notes are available on my website, psychotherapycentral.health, where I have lots of other offerings, other things you can check out. Thank you so much for spending your precious time with me. I really hope that this serves you moving forwards.
and that you get something out of it and that it serves to nourish and support your relationship. And good luck with it. Take care. Thank you for joining me on this episode. If you want to learn more about all things love, attachment, and trauma, I'd love to connect with you on Instagram at psychotherapy.central or visit my website at psychotherapycentral.health. If you enjoyed this episode, I'd greatly appreciate it if you could leave a review and a five-star rating. Your support means a lot, and I look forward to connecting with you again soon.